0: Radio Comedy
1: Podcast. Welcome to Episode 14 of Season 5 of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. Today's show is The Magnificent Montague, starring Monty Woolley as the down-and-out Shakespearean actor, slumming as the host of a daily radio program. Pert Kelton as made Agnes, and Ann Seymour as his wife, Lily. Sit back and enjoy the February 2nd, 1951 broadcast, of the magnificent Montague. The National Broadcasting Company presents, transcribed from Hollywood, The Magnificent Montague, starring Monty Woolley. Today in Hollywood, the sun is shining, balmy breezes are blowing through the palm trees. But to Edwin, the magnificent Montague, waiting in his rented bungalow for Empire Studios to start starring him in Macbeth, this is the winter of his discontent. It is bad enough that this giant of the Shakespearean stage has already sunk to radio, where he is Uncle Goodhart, hero of an afternoon program, but now he has succumbed to movies, his pet hate. On the other hand, his wife, Lily, and Agnes, the maid, are entranced by this tropical paradise far from the cold and sleet of their native New York. It is mid-afternoon in the Montague bungalow. Lily is out in the garden. Agnes is happily dusting with one hand and reading a movie magazine with the other.
2: I ought to be in pictures. I'm beautiful to see I ought to be in pictures Agnes! Oh, what a hit I would be Agnes, Um, has the mail come yet? Not yet. Well, the mailman should be here any minute. Cheapers, I better get my hair out of these curlers. He's a cute one. (laughs) Where's Edwin? In his bedroom, as usual. He's got the blankets over the window to keep the sun out. He's got it full of smoke and all the fans going to make it drafty. He's trying to pretend he's back home in New York. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, <laughs> oh,
3: poor Edwin Having to wait around with nothing to do While they make up their minds about
2: making the picture I can't even get him out in the sun He's been out here a month And his face still looks like a bowl of farina
0: <laughs>
1: Get a
2: load of my tan Oh, Agnes, you're as brown as a berry Yeah Boy, when I get back to New York Am I going to put on the dog in front of those stuck-up elevator boys? I'm going to tell them I was in Florida Look what Edwin is doing in the bedroom Very quiet in there Maybe a ray of sunshine got through the blankets and killed him
3: <laughs>
2: Please, Agnes, I'm going to see if I can not get him out of that
3: bedroom Edwin, come out Edwin, come out
4: God, Lily, must you sound like John L. Lewis calling me out of the pits <laughs>
3: When it's such a lovely day. Must you
2: stay cooped up in that smoke-filled room? He'll be the first ham who smoked himself.
0: (laughs) My dear
4: Agnes, why don't you run up a palm tree, tear a coconut off, and hurl it to the sidewalk without letting go of it?
0: (laughs) What a glamour boy.
4: Uh, Really, Agnes, now that you're in Hollywood, why don't you get married? Or can't you get Frankenstein to pop the question?
0: Edwin,
3: why don't you get out and meet some of the people here?
4: These savages? What am I, a missionary?
3: And every night you sit home alone and brood.
4: And with whom should I spend an intellectual evening? Mickey Cohen?
3: I know what. Why don't you come out and help me weed the garden?
4: Weed the garden. Ah, my wife, Lily Boy, my dazzling co-star of the Shakespearean stage, my Juliet, my Ophelia, has found a new role, Rebecca of Sunnybrook Farm.
0: (laughs) Oh,
2: come on, Edwin, it'll be fun. You, Agnes, and I, out in the garden weeding. Not me. With that beard around, who can tell what's a weed? <laughs> oh,
4: lovely, Agnes. Don't you ever take those curlers out of your hair. Your head looks like Signal Hill.
3: <laughs> oh, Edwin, let's be serious. What are you doing all day in that room?
4: I am finishing an article on Hollywood. I've been asked to write for the New York Times drama section.
3: An article about
0: Hollywood?
4: Yes, and I assure you that when it appears, there will be a spontaneous movement to throw California out of the Union. (laughs)
0: Oh, Edwin,
3: that's
4: terrible. Lily, when this article hits New York, the statue of Horace Greeley, who said, Go west, young man, will be pulled down by howling mobs. It'll then be melted down to a giant crowbar to derail any train going west of Jersey City.
3: (laughs) What's the name of the article?
4: Beautiful California. Or to think we fought Mexico for this.
3: <laughs> Edwin Montague, don't you dare mail that article to New York.
4: Mail it? This article would never get through the United States Mail. I'm entrusting it to a former New York actor I know who is going over the wall.
0: <laughs> he
4: is escaping from Warner Brothers, disguised <laughs> disguised as a nut burger.
0: (laughs)
3: Edwin, you're being dreadfully unfair to Hollywood.
4: I'm being unfair. They lure me out here to do Macbeth. They change my name to Raoul Randolph. They are forcing me to take acting lessons from a paragon of the drama whose reputation in the theater was made when he staged a minstrel show for the Shriners. (laughs) They give me an actress to play opposite me as Lady Macbeth whose previous title was Miss Four-Way Coal Tablet. <laughs> They've kept me here for a month because they say the script isn't ready. The script for Macbeth isn't ready. <laughs> Shakespeare only wrote it in 1592, and I'm being unfair.
2: Oh, Edwin, please. You've been grousing from the minute we got here. Now you're here, get used to it. He's already made a name for himself. He's replaced the Black Widow Spider as California's number one pest.
4: Lily, it looks like a hot day. Shall we take Agnes for a dip in the La Brea tar pit?
0: <laughs>
4: Edwin, you better get
3: dressed. You know, you have your Uncle Goodhart broadcast to do this afternoon. And
4: my Uncle Goodheart broadcast. And to think, when I went into radio, I thought I had hit the cultural depths. Compared to the movies, radio is the Harvard Classics.
2: There's my mailman. I'll get the mail. Hello there. Hi. Look at him run. (laughs)
4: There's something about Agnes that brings out the sea biscuit in a man.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Bring in the mail, Agnes. Here it is, honey. Thank you. Oh, Agnes, here's a picture postcard for you. No kidding. Quick, let me see. Oh, that. Who's it from? Me. I sent it to myself from Clifton's Cafeteria. (laughs) Listen, dear Agnes, wish you were here. Love,
4: Agnes. Agnes has friends all over the country. Lily, any mail for me?
2: Ah, here's an invitation for us,
3: Edwin.
4: An invitation?
3: Hmm, fancy. Parchment and engraving.
4: (laughs) Cad, look at the crest and the wax seal. Uh, Read it.
3: Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Edwin Montague, you are cordially invited to attend the ceremonies in connection with the grand opening of Bluchers.
0: Bluchers?
4: Bluchers, your neighborhood butcher. (laughs) Formal Formal? You know, Lily, I'm tempted to attend I've never seen pig's feet in
0: spats (laughs) Give me some of the mail Here
4: Mm, uh, Here's something The old drugstore out here has a big sale on used
0: cars
4: (laughs) Dad, what an intellectual jungle
3: Oh, Edwin, look, an airmail
2: letter from New York From your proscenium club You mean those broken down old fogies finally found out there are aeroplanes?
4: Oh, from my comrades. Let me have it.
2: Then open it.
4: Wait. Let me hold the envelope in my hands for a moment in reverie. Imagine. Only yesterday this letter was in New York. It's from Jarvis, president of the Presidium Club, the only refuge left for the legitimate Shakespearean actor.
2: I got a buck that says it's a touch.
4: All right, Agnes, back into your cage.
3: Read old Jarvis's letter, Edwin.
4: Listen, beloved Montague, our hearts are with you far from New York, in the wilderness of California. We hope and pray that your delicate health is equal to the hardships of frontier life.
2: Those old hands, when they go west of Times Square, they wear money belts.
4: Quiet, Agnes.
2: Read on, Edwin.
4: Dear Montague, knowing your daring spirit, we beg of you not to venture outside the stockade at night. (laughs) However, our fears for you have been somewhat allayed by Sir Oliver, who made the trip west when he was a boy, and assures us the Union cavalry has subdued the marauding redskins.
2: (laughs) It's touching how they can be so out of touch.
4: Agnes, please. Go
2: on, Edwin.
4: We hope that you recovered from the tedious railroad trip across the continent. However, again, Sir Oliver assures us that the trip across the prairies of the West is most exciting and that you, like he, enjoyed shooting at the buffalo from the moving train. (laughs) Montague, Montague, our hearts are with you in your glorious and gallant adventure in that fabulous land beyond the great divide. Think of us as we think of you. Good night, sweet Prince Jarvis.
3: Oh, Edwin. It was such a nice letter from old Jarvis.
4: Oh, to be back with my dear friends at the Presidium Club, talking, reading. And
2: getting chill blames in the library.
4: I better to freeze in the library of the Presidium Club than to achieve the highest honor Hollywood can bestow on you to ride down Hollywood Boulevard as Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, Edwin, what stories you'll be able to tell the proscenium club members. How you saved the rancher's daughter from a runaway stagecoach on Sunset Boulevard. Now, Agnes, don't stop. Come in.
4: Hello, anybody home? Who in, who are you? Uh, my name is Gunch, Hadley Gunch. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm from the real estate company in charge of renting this villa. Villa? Is that the Spanish word for a rabbit hutch? Now, Edwin. Uh, am I having the pleasure of addressing Mr. and Mrs. Edwin Montague? There must be a mistake. We're Fibber, McGee, and Molly. Why, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Mr. McGee. I must have no, a no, wrong...
3: no, no, no. We are the Montagues.
4: But the old gentleman he said... He was
3: just joking.
4: Oh. <laughs> Yes. Mm. Uh, my dear Mr. Crunch. Gunch. Uh, Gunch. Uh, may I inquire as to what we owe the dubious honor of this visit? Well, just thought I might be of some service to you in helping you move out. Move out? You mean the local authorities have finally used some good judgment and condemned this hole? Oh.
3: Condemned? Uh, uh, Mr. Gunch, my husband's joking.
4: Oh. <laughs>
3: yes. <laughs> Mr. Gunch, there must be
4: some mistake. Oh, no. You only rented Sweetheart's Nest for one month. Sweetheart's Nest. That's the name of this villa. Didn't you see the sign on the fence? The sign?
2: That's the thing you kicked into the gutter the day we moved in. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Gunch, uh, we originally planned
3: on only being out here a month. However, my husband's motion picture has been delayed, so we'll have to take it for another month.
4: Oh, well that will be impossible. Impossible. We've already rented Sweetheart's Nest to another couple. We'll let them find another nest. No, 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 that's out of the question, Mr. Montague. For the last fifteen years, for the month of February, this cottage has been rented to Mr. and Mrs. Inglebutt. Inglebutt? But. Lovely people from the East.
3: Uh, Mr. Grunch. Gunch. Oh, uh, Mr. Gunch. Uh, You must realize that it's quite impossible for us to leave.
4: Well, I'm afraid you'll have to. It so happens I have the necessary papers to legally see to it that this villa is vacated. Oh, no. How low can a man think evicted from sweetheart's nest?
3: But there are so many things we have to do
4: before we can leave. We have to pack, get Agnes crated. And, of course, I was planning on burning this stuck old doghouse to the ground.
3: Burning, sweetheart, bless. No, 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 please, please. Uh, my husband is joking.
0: Oh. <laughs> uh.
3: Uh, Mr. Gunch, have you another villa available?
4: Uh, let me check with my notebook. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's something. A cute little mink ranch. You can get it, cheap. The people couldn't make a go of it. Just didn't get along with the mink, eh? I'm really not acquainted with exactly what happened. Nevertheless, it is a goodbye. Uh, Mr. Gunch, frankly, do you think I could get along with the mink? You wish me to be frank? Please. No. In fact, Mr. Montague, I cannot see you getting along with anything. Now get out of this house! Edwin, what are we going to do? I've got to get to my Uncle Goodhart broadcast. You'd better get out and find a place for us.
3: Oh, Edwin, looking for a place to live.
4: It's a grueling experience. So what do you think I'll be going through on that broadcast? This afternoon, Uncle Goodhart solves the world's problems by setting a canary's broken leg. Can't look at the time. I'll be late for the broadcast. To the magnificent Montague. He is in the middle of his Uncle Goodhart radio program.
0: Uh, oh, Uncle
4: Goodhart, you make me so ashamed of myself for shooting this little canary with the shotgun you gave me for Christmas. No, <laughs> no, Ronald. I gave you that gun because hunting is a sport that builds character. But Ronald, shooting a canary with a double-barrel, shot <laughs> <laughs> And while it was still at its cave... Oh, Ronald. <laughs> oh, Uncle. You not only hurt Uncle Goodhart's canary... But you blasted out one of the walls of Uncle Goodhart's little cottage on the sunny side of the lake. Oh, no, Uncle, I'm just a bad boy. <laughs> no, Ronald, you're just an exuberant, impulsive youth. No, I'm not. I'm a Ah, Now, no, 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 Ronald, I can understand you're racing through the business district in your hot rod while firing point-blank into crowds. But, Ronald, shooting Uncle Goodhart's cadet. There's a limit. Oh, Uncle Goodheart. You are so... so good. Here is your gun back, Ronald. Think of this little canary the next time you fire at close range at little creatures. Think of this little bird as you go out on life's highway with your eyes on high. Look into the sun and lie. <laughs> So ends another episode of Uncle Goodheart, brought to you by Shalomar Soap. And now, before we leave you until tomorrow, here is Uncle Goodheart with his thought for the day. When a hurricane hits your neighbor's house and everything's lost in the blow, as he stands there alone where his house used to be, won't you step up and say, Cheerio! Off the air, Mr. Montague. Step up and say cheerio. I must stop by that kindergarten and speak to my writers again. Oh, good show, Mr. Montague. Did you really like it, Mr. Killing?
1: Oh, yes, sir. You did,
4: yes. Well, my boy, I would suggest that you work. Save up your money until you have a nice round sum and then go out and get your head examined.
1: Yes, sir. Oh, uh, your wife called. She couldn't find a place to live. She wants you to come right home.
4: Oh, no. Where are we going to sleep tonight? In the Hollywood Bowl? Well, i better get home. Hey, Ma,
0: Ma, look, look, it's him. Oh, it sure is.
4: Are you, sir, with the deandertal face and this female with the flower growing out of her head, referring to me? Oh, yes, sir. Howdy doodly do, sir. We're in the NBC studio tour when Ma here spotted you. She did? Yes, sir, we listen to you every day on the air. You're our
3: favorite. I don't know how I'd ever get through the day without your guidance.
4: Well, thank you. It's very seldom I meet listeners. Well, I know how busy you must be, but uh, Ma would sure appreciate it if you gave her your autograph, Mr. Linkletter. (laughs)
0: Linkletter. Ain't you Art Linkletter?
4: No, I am not Art Linkletter. However, if I ever so much as see either one of you morons again... I shall become known from coast to coast as the Mad Butcher of NBC.
0: on, oh, let's get out of here, Ma. This brand is great.
3: Oh, Agnes, let me
2: sit down. I'm exhausted. Walking, walking all afternoon looking for a place to live. I'm beat to the socks. Oh, brother, we covered Los Angeles like the smog. Well, thank goodness Mr. and Mrs. Inglebutt are such nice people. Are you sure when they phoned they said we could stay here with them? Yes, they said there were two bedrooms and they're only going to use one.
3: Oh, that's Edwin, home from his broadcast.
4: Uh, Lily, what are you going to do? Out here, there aren't even subway stations where a gentleman can spend the night.
3: Now, don't get excited, Edwin. I have wonderful news.
4: Found a place for us?
3: Well, Edwin, there's nothing available. There are ten hardware conventions in town.
4: And that's good news. Lily, are you planning on buying a a flush valve?
0: No.
3: (laughs) We don't have to leave this house.
4: Something happened to the Inglebutts. Nothing minor, I hope.
3: (laughs) No, Edwin. The Inglebutts are moving in today, but they said we could stay and share the house.
4: Share the house? But there's only our bedroom and Agnes's.
3: Oh, Edmund, the Inglebutts will use one bedroom, of course, and Agnes and I will use the other one.
4: Go on, there's still little old me.
0: <laughs>
3: well, we thought we could fix up the
4: garage for you.
2: <laughs> the
4: garage? What am I, an old Essex? <laughs> <laughs> How
0: would I just in the garage?
2: Me in a damp garage with my post-nasal drip? <laughs> Edwin, you know Agnes can't sleep in a garage, not with her sinus condition. I'd keep the country up all night. They'd think the Hollywood dam gave way.
4: <laughs> i dragged my body 3,000 miles over mountains, rivers, and prairies to sleep in a garage.
3: Now, Edwin, we are putting the day bed in there and a rug, a little table, and a lamp.
4: How charming. We must have it photographed for House Beautiful. <laughs>
3: It's only because the Inglebutts are such nice people that we're not out on the street. All right,
4: all right.
3: The only reason they're letting us stay is because we're fellow Easterners.
4: Fellow Easterners? Mm-hmm. They're from New York, too? Gad. Yeah, there's someone to talk to. Imagine meeting out here. It's like Stanley meeting Livingston in darkest Africa.
2: <laughs> it's getting late. They should be here. There they are. I'll get the door. Now, remember, Edwin, be nice to them.
4: Nice? I'll charm them, Lily. They'll love me.
2: Come in, Mr. and Mrs. Englebutt. Well,
4: howdy-doodle-doo.
2: Well, come right in, Mr.
3: and Mrs. Englebutt. This is my husband. Well,
4: howdy-doodle... Oops.
3: Hey, Pa, ain't he that crazy fellow from NBC? My husband, Edwin.
4: Me? NBC? Sir, I've never been so insulted in my life. Are you sure you ain't from NBC? My dear Mr. Inglebutt, I am Edwin Montague of the stage and Raoul Randolph of the screen.
3: Well, you sure sound like a fellow who roughed us up
4: over at NBC. I do. Yes, there was a nasty-tempered old grouch. (laughs) To think we mistook him for that nice fellow, Art Linkletter. (laughs) Come in, come in. Uh, Agnes, uh, take Mr. Inglebutt's uh, duffel bag.
3: Oh, here, sit down. This is your home, you know.
4: Now it's... All of us is at home, Mrs. Montague.
3: So sweet of you. Oh, come, Mrs. Inglebutt. Agnes and I will help you fix up your bedroom. Mighty nice of you.
4: I understand you're from the East. Oh, yes, yes, indeed. Back home, we're probably neighbors. We live on 61st Street in New York. Where do you live? Council Bluffs, Iowa. (laughs)
0: Council
4: Bluffs, Iowa. Yes, indeed. We people from the East got to stick together. (laughs) (laughs) You're out here to make a movie, your wife tells us. Mm. Well, hope you don't take offense. We don't have time to come down to the studio to watch you. No. See, uh, Ma and I just come out every year for the uh, quiz show season. The quiz show season? We spend a month out here Get on all the quiz shows From Hollywood March we spend in New York Hit all quiz shows There you know (laughs) Usually spend spring in Chicago Pick up what we can Don't you ever get home To Council Bluffs Just to unload I'm
0: sorry Mr. Ingle
4: But uh, do you do this for a living? Oh no I should say not Uh, I'm retired Oh Used to be in the junk business. You still are. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, you uh, go on all the uh, quiz shows? No, not all. Ma and I ain't as spry as we used to be, but uh, I tell you there's a fortune in it. If I had my life to live over again, that is what I would go in for. Quiz shows. When I hear about the young men of today beeping about there not being any opportunity, it makes my blood boil. <laughs> It's all there for any young, red-blooded American who has to get up and go. Why, if I had a son, I'd put him in quiz shows as soon as he could answer to his own name.
0: <laughs> I
4: must say, Mr. but you certainly built new horizons before my eyes. Oh, it's not a lazy man's game, Mr. Montague. Take study to know them answers. It takes footwork to get from network to network.
0: <laughs> I can imagine,
4: yeah. Now, if you'd excuse me, I have to learn some lines. I'll retire to the garage. The garage? Well, I hope them refrigerators won't be in your way. Refrigerators? Ma and I hit a few quiz shows today.
0: <laughs> there are
4: refrigerators being moved into the garage. We're putting the four washing machines out on the patio, and the electric stoves are going into the kitchen. You won that on quiz shows just today? Shucks, that's nothing. We didn't get into town until noon. And I work for a living. <laughs> well, now, if you have anything to do, you'll ride ahead and do it here in the living room. Uh, thank you, Miss Dingle, it's Macbeth I'm doing. I'll go right ahead. won't bother us at all. Is this a dagger that I see? I before? tell you, Horace,
3: that Mrs. Montague is the sweetest woman. Yes, I
4: noticed. Uh, is this a dagger Hey, Say, that... Mr. Montague. Yes? Uh, if the phone rings a lot from now on, don't let it bother you. We sent a lot of cards in with this number to telephone quizzes. There's no use just sitting around at night, you know. <laughs> no, no, of course. Uh, is this a dagger I... Hold it, hold it! Yes, this is Hollywood 4563. What's the question? Oh, Abraham Lincoln. Or a single butt, sweetheart's nest, Yucca drive Hollywood. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Montague, there's going to be another refrigerator in the garage.
0: <laughs> uh,
4: go right ahead with your work, though. Is this a refrigerator that I see before? I mean, is this a dagger that I see before, Paris,
3: We better start studying.
4: Yeah, that's right, Elsie. Yeah. Excuse me, study. Yes, yes, we, we got a big day tomorrow. Hollywood jackpot, name your game, what do you know, quick as a flash, and ten or eleven others. Uh... Uh, start me off, Ma. Uh,
3: who is the third president of the United States?
0: Thomas Jefferson.
4: What's
3: the capital of Romania?
0: Bucharest. What's the
3: Pearl of the Caribbean? Cuba. Identify this tune. da 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 da, da races. Who is the Wizard of Menlo Park?
0: Thomas Edison. Who said,
3: give me liberty or give me death?
0: Patrick Henry. Hold, Hold it! it.
4: <laughs> what? He played third base for the Baltimore Orioles, 1901. Or a single but Sweetheart's Nest, Yucca Drive, thank you.
0: Well washing machine.
4: <laughs> is this a dagger that I see before? Who made the first American flag? Betsy Ross.
3: Fort and Folly.
4: Steamboat. What was the
3: name of the... Uh, stop, uh, stop, uh, stop.
4: Uh, Lily, get it out of here. David, what are you saying?
3: This is the Engelbutts house. Lily,
4: how can I learn Macbeth? We'll go in the garage. The garage? <laughs> where shall I study? In a deep freeze unit?
0: <laughs> now look
4: here, Montague. We were nice enough to... Hold it. This one's on me. Hello? Yes, this is Hollywood, four, five, six, three. What? Yes, I've listened to the program. What's the name of it? What? Who wrote the Frank Merriwell books? Well, who cares? Bert. Bert L. Standish. Bert L. Standish. What? I now have a $100. Sure, go ahead. Who built the Panama Canal? Which Panama Canal? The Lesseps. Oh, uh, the Lesseps. What? I have two hundred dollars. Uh, sure, go ahead. Now watch out for a trick question. Here's where they always try to throw you. Huh? Huh? On what day is Thanksgiving Day celebrated in Canada? Why, it's on the same day it's celebrated. Stop
0: it! Hold up! Hold up! There is no Thanksgiving Day in Canada.
4: Hello, hello. There is no Thanksgiving Day in Canada. Uh, I have four hundred dollars. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Oh, Edwin. Quiet, quiet. What what? Identify the tune. They're playing a tune. Uh, yeah, give me that receiver. Well? What is it? It's. Do you remember sweet Alice Ben Bolt? Hello? It's it's <laughs> do you remember Sweet Alice? Uh, uh, sweet Alice? Ben Bolt
0: jerk! Uh, ben Bolt jerk? <laughs> What? I
4: won the jackpot. He won
0: the jackpot.
4: I won the jackpot. Huh? Huh? The name, Mr. Horace Inglebutt. Why, Montague. Yes, yes, that's right. Sweetheart's Nest, Yucca Drive, Hollywood, California. And thank you, too.
2: Well, what was the
3: jackpot we won, Mr. Montague? Yeah, yeah.
4: Mr. Inglebutt, have you ever been to Hawaii? You mean a three-month cruise, all expenses paid, and the boat leaves tonight? <laughs>
0: Hurry up and pack! Yes, Lily,
4: the Ingobots are leaving us for Hawaii. Now, All together, <laughs> aloha! aloha. aloha.
1: Join us again next Friday night for another visit with The Magnificent Montague, starring Monty Woolley. Created and directed by Nat Hyken, written by Nat Hyken and Billy Friedberg. Anne Seymour was Lily Boehm, Bert Kelton was Agnes. Included in tonight's cast were Alan Reed as the landlord, Mr. and Mrs. Horace Englebutt were played by Mr. and Mrs. Jim Backus. This is Eddie King saying, stay tuned for Duffy's Tavern, which follows immediately. Three times in good times on NBC. Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening.
0: Thanks for